0: Hey everyone, this is Josh. Before we get to the episode, I have two announcements really quickly. Number one is some of you have been asking, when are we going to release the live episode from Revoice? Well, we are in the middle of a mini series right now going through the gospel arch and how it relates to the queer experience, um, going over creation, fall, justification, glorification. This episode you're about to listen to is on justification and we'll do another one on glorification right after that. Uh, we have decided, or I have decided really as producer, to wait on the live episode being released till after that. So these four episodes can be released consecutively. So don't worry if you weren't there with us at Revoice. First of all, why weren't you? Just kidding. Um There was a lot of options during workshop times, but uh, you will hear it. It will be released. Uh Just be patient, um, enjoy this miniseries, and then we will get to it. On the second announcement, wanted to share with you all that we have restructured um, the way to support the podcast. Up to this point, the main way to support the podcast has been through our Patreon community. And to be honest, I have felt that I have not really been able to do justice to the time and effort that the Patreon community deserved related, related to benefits and all of those things. So we are restructuring the way to support the podcast from the Patreon community to a giving page. Um, the Discord community and the tier on Patreon related to that will uh, still be available. So if you want to be part of our Discord community, um, talk with other listeners about the topics, uh, episodes and related topics, and well talk to some of us co-hosts, that is still available. Uh, you can go to patreon.com. Forward slash life on side B to do so. Uh, but the main way that we are encouraging to support the podcast will be on our giving page, which you can go to our website in order to, or on our socials in order to find it. Um, all of that will run through postureshift.com. Um, Posture shift is a 501c3. So all, uh, all donations are tax deductible. Um, but your donations really make this happen. We are a volunteer team, but there are still real costs to make this happen. Um, there's time that goes into editing, recording, all of these things. Um, and so your donations help us to continue as well as to expand, uh, every single week literally we hear from a new listener who literally thought they were alone in trying to honor god in their sexuality and gender they had no idea that there was a path forward Uh, so your donations help us be able to get that out there and help under people understand that they're not alone and that god loves them and god wants to be in their lives so thank you to everyone who has supported us through the patreon community um, thank you to Posture Shift for making this happen, and thank you um, to all of you for listening, for continuing to support, for continuing to be here, for continuing to engage. We really, really appreciate it. With that, let's get into the episode.
1: Okay. I okay. Think are we recording?
2: Recorded. Yeah. Okay. I
1: think so. Yep um josh so, so funny that he's just gonna be back there just recording yes <laughs> hello
2: up. everyone welcome to our latest episode of life on side b henry and i are just laughing over here because you only hear us we are really only the two present people technically
1: on, on this, this recording today
2: except we got Josh in the background packing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're watching him pack up his house. and
0: I am packing moving. up this house, but I am here present, listening as a producer. <laughs> Josh yes. is
2: the embodiment of the Holy Spirit.
0: <laughs> yes, I was just
1: about to say that. Okay. Who comes to our rescue in our ever-present time of need? So Josh, exactly. if you hear us shouting, yes, interject. Um, good morning, Elizabeth. How are you?
2: Good morning, Henry. I'm good. It is July 1st. And you know what? Call me a bad queer. I don't care. But I am so glad Pride is over, baby. Thank
1: you. (laughs) Me too. I am so glad Pride Month is over. Like Josh said, he was counting down the days. He said that yesterday to me. And I was like, I have been counting down the days to Pride being over. Um...
2: It's so true. I okay. So you know, I this is like I call it Gay Christmas Pride Month. Yes. Because and with my work, it's especially like especially for you. Um, yeah. Exactly. With my work and now I have this dog in the background. Please forgive me. I'm trying to get rid of it. Um, uh,
1: they've heard Bishop on so many episodes of this okay. podcast. Okay. So
2: <laughs> but <clears throat> you know, I it was like I think we had something like thirteen or fourteen outreaches throughout Gosh. the whole month including revoice so the last is a whole the, week it was ev- i know yeah so one of the last outreaches we had like a group of maybe like 15 of us gathered together and i said let's pray we finished it up and i said god if i have to see one more rainbow flag grow up." <laughs> okay I am wearing black, grays, brown. Okay,
1: truly, <laughs> neutrals, okay? She's like, I'm exactly. over this whole thing. I mean, y'all did a lot, girl, like, truly, congratulations. Just as I was, like, looking on social media and then just chatting with some people who are up there with you, I'm just like, oh, my God, they're in these streets. Mm. Uh, in a good way, in these streets, yes, okay? Yes, But
2: Well, God is good, and, you know, it honestly brings me to our last episode on sin. And I remember what Josh was saying about like when Josh was first getting back into embracing his queerness Mm -hmm. and queer culture and that feeling of like, how do I see God here? Where is God here? Mm -hmm. And that was, that was my whole, that was our whole month and it was such a blessing. It's an exhausting exercise, but to be like, Jesus is here with all of these Topless, you know, glitter, sticker laden, lovely queers. Like yes. God is here in the the um, jock straps. Like he, okay.
1: <laughs> girl, I can he, hear our credit taking that out right? of context. Oh, God is here in the jock straps. Oh my
2: gosh. <laughs> Let them. I, I dare them to. Elizabeth okay. Black,
1: president and founder of <laughs> Kaleidoscope. Yes. just
2: said this. So you know what? Let them talk. Okay. I right? love that. We got oh stuff gosh. to do out of here. We got Y'all stuff do. to do.
1: And what's so important, I mean, I think I mentioned this to you um, at, at that dinner we had um, at Revoice, but also just like us talking to people throughout the week um, when we were there together in person, just hearing y'all's impact. Um, I'm just so impressed and so moved by the work y'all are doing because y'all are literally filling in the gaps that the church should have been doing. We should not have mm. to be doing this now, but because of the work that y'all are doing, y'all are filling in the gaps that I've been missing for so long. And just even seeing the posters. I was just like in shambles the other day, just seeing the posters <laughs> of like the quotes from like what the church should have said and then just oh. the hugs and just hearing like Colton's story, all this. I'm just like, okay, the Lord is moving in New York That's during right. Pride Month. Yes. That's
2: right. Well, and and again that brings us right to today's episode
1: mm-hmm. of
2: the concept of redemption, salvation, justification. Because that's why we're out there. That's why you and I are even here having this conversation today. Yes. And I'm so glad it's with you, Henry, because you know I'm- they had to get the black people <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm here. That about- put us together, okay?
2: Yes. They and talking about redemption And, you know, salvation, justification, because we get hype over this stuff. Yes,
1: and I think um, (laughs) as, like, um, black Christians, um, and, like, the black and Latino culture Christians, we experience these topics Mm -hmm. and doctrines so differently, because I think we experience them as people who have gone through oppression, uh, historically. So we experience justification and salvation in such a unique way compared to our um, less melanated brothers and sisters in Christ and so. Um, oh my gosh which I was gonna what was I just about to ask you the minute you said that oh I was gonna make a comment we actually haven't done an episode together in a while
2: I know it's been a minute
1: you know they like to keep us apart because they don't know how it's gonna get (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) like when you and I were at worship at Reforce and they sat us next to each other (laughs) we sat next to each other everybody's like oh we knew where Elizabeth and Henry were in
2: that room I can't tell you how many people told me that afterwards. I was like, I didn't even know y'all were there at that point. It was just me and Henry and CL who joined us. I was like, yes.
1: "Yes." (laughs)
2: All right. Bring that Latin energy.
1: Okay. Josh just put in the chat that they don't put us together for episodes because then jockstrap comments get made. (laughs)
2: Because Jesus and jackstrap.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. That should be the title of, like, a revoiced talk. <laughs> oh, my God. Art would not. Well, Art would approve. Nate would not approve of that.
2: No. That's okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I just want to jump into these and, like, let's maybe just give some quick definitions. Yes. On kind of just these. I mean, we won't be theologically. I mean, yeah. we will be theologically heavy because we're talking about Christ and what's his theology. But... Um, in layman's terms, just sort of like, what is the doctrine of salvation? What is the doctrine of justification? And salvation is, it concerns our eternal, um, oh, you muted yourself. I was like, I just got quiet. But yeah, salvation concerns internal spiritual deliverance. Um, and it, what are we being saved from? We're, saved, we're being saved from God's wrath uh, and the judgment of sin. And our sin has separated us from God. And the consequence of our sin is death. And biblical salvation refers to the deliverance from the consequence of sin and therefore removes the the like involves the removal mm. of sin in itself. We're saved from both the power and the penalty of sin. Yeah, okay, so scholar. Was... <laughs> That's a scholar. I'm telling you, I was in Romans and Philippians <laughs> taking my notes. <laughs> and then just so how are we saved? Through justification. Justification is to be declared righteous. Um, Justification is an act Mm. of God where he pronounces a sinner to be righteous because of that sinner's faith in Christ. Um, The root idea of justification is that God declares us righteous. Um, He's he's the righteous judge and that the man or woman who believes in Christ, sinful as though we may be, because of Christ, uh, we have entered into a righteous relationship with God. Mm. Um, Yeah, so justification has to do with God's declaration about the sinner. So what God says about us, not any change within the sinner. Can we repeat that? Justification has to do with God's declaration about the sinner, not any change within the sinner. So regardless of any change or not within the sinner, because of Christ, we are made righteous. And I want to read a quick passage, uh, Romans 3, 21 to 26. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And I'll end All right. there. So, okay. Thank so I got you. our theological terms out of the way. Woo! Yes. And so. No, but
2: I, w- I want to sit in that for a yeah. little bit. Because your your definitions were spot on. And just because I care about inclusive language, yeah. it, is, it is the justification of men, women, and everyone yes. in between mm-hmm. left, right, and center. But I think what stood out to me in your definitions the most, it's so important, is that we discussed sin in the last episode. So sin is this, what separates us from God. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what needed to be redeemed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Salvation is that act, mm-hmm. the act, or what is necessary uh, for for justification it's to happen. So, yes. So yes. justification is like the outpouring. It's the result of atonement it's the result of salvation yes. it's the result of the work of jesus uh, which i think is really important for us to talk about when we when we talk about these things it's like because of the resurrection
1: mm-hmm.
2: we because of because of god's or jesus's death we are forgiven
1: mm-hmm.
2: because of the resurrection we are given new life yes and because of those two things we are both justified and redeemed.
1: Come on, like, now.
2: like what a what a work, right?
1: Substitutionary atonement. Okay, you just broke down that uh, doctrine. Okay, yes.
2: But it, it's just it's so beautiful because I think it also reminds us: what did we even do? Where where was I in the equation?
1: Nowhere. To Nowhere. Be found. <laughs> and yet, yeah. And yet, um, I think our churches and the systems can teach. The idea you just said, where are we in this equation? Nowhere, and yet we can get so legalistic on works. Yes, you got to do this in order to be saved. But in that equation that you just broke down, where were you and where was I? Nowhere doing the work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All, all we did was receive, receive, Hmm. receive, receive. So what? Like to me, this conversation is a conversation of worship. Yeah, (laughs) because we're just sitting back and reflecting on the goodness of our God and our savior. Yes. Who both who both did the work of salvation and give a, gave us the gift of justification and redemption. Like what? And what wh- a person to worship. Yes.
1: Yes, and because like what is I'm so glad you said that it's uh, an act of worship because when you receive such a tremendous gift mm-hmm. um salvation and justification what then can your response be but worship the person who gave this gift to yes. you, right? Worship yes. the person who made you in his image, um, who delivered you from the consequence of your sin through justification and salvation. What then can you do but worship? So yeah, our response is to worship the one who did this for us.
2: Yeah. Well, and also... Okay, what else can we do but to worship? And I would say when we talk about this concept of behavior modification, which they touched on last episode, Mm -hmm. and like works versus faith, Mm -hmm. our our works, our behavior modification, if you will, what we do Mm -hmm. as a result of the justification is an act of worship.
1: Yes, absolutely. Your response it is, to it. Yes.
2: Exactly. We're not gaining anything mm. by by our obedience. We're not gaining anything by seeking after God through our behavior. We are only responding to the redemption that has already been given to us.
1: Absolutely. I equate that even to um, so sometimes whenever I perform... Um, Wedding ceremonies, I don't do it often, but um, whenever I do, for couples who I believe are going to make it, um, <laughs> <laughs> that is my so, so
2: what you've done two weddings, <laughs>
1: <laughs> girl. I've done five, and four of them are still very happily married. All right, all right, <laughs> so. that's
2: good. That's good
1: odds. It's yes. good odds. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in. Ephesians, a passage about wives submit to your husbands and people don't like the word submit Mm, sometimes or whatever, uh and I get uh that. uh And I always have to like, especially if there's non-believers in the room, I always got to catch it quick with like, hey, but that submission is in response to the charge of husbands, lay down your life for your wife as Christ laid down his life for his bride the church. And if someone is willing to die for you, and in this case, we're talking about Christ, what he did for Mm. us to finish work on the cross... What is, would your response not to be to submit to that person? And because like our response to Christ and salvation is to submit and be obedient, not out of strong, just legalistic reasons, but out of a desire and an outpouring for that to be our response of obedience and submission to this great gift that we have received. Because Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. where else can we get something like that?
2: Exactly. And and I would say, you know, not to get into it too much, but it goes both ways it, mm-hmm. when it comes to a marriage relationship. Oh, yeah. And, you know, absolutely. When, when, when you know, in Ephesians, when, when Paul is saying the husbands love their wives, it does not mean in turn that wives shouldn't love their husbands. Mm-hmm. They're also supposed to love their husbands the same way men need to be you know for lack of a better term obedient yes. to their wives like there there is because of again the commitment because of the sacrifice that each person is giving because of that that relationship now there is a sense of justification even between the mm-hmm. two of them
1: absolutely
2: so, which, again, is the picture the picture of Christ and his bride, right? So, okay. we are well, we in should, it right We should <laughs> tag team,
1: a, we should do a wedding together, okay? <laughs> I would love that.
2: Oh, my gosh. You know, I i sadly don't do weddings, and it is one of the hardest things for me. Just for my ministry, I've decided it's best for me to not officiate. But, girl, any, any way I can try to squeeze something like that, like that in, I'm gonna okay. do it. So if it's with Ooh. you, if you do the official part, yes, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll come around it and, okay. and lift you up. Anyways. Ooh, I'm so
1: interested into so why you don't do. Uh, that's another topic for another day. But I'm so interested.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it honestly, it's missional. A lot of yeah. it's missional, okay. and it's maintaining. It's I, I won't get into the whole thing, but yeah. it's maintaining some sense of neutrality oh, yeah. in how i care for for people mm-hmm. because because i care for people coming from all kinds of mm-hmm. perspectives theologically yeah. so but yes for for another day but i'm yeah. curious i want to follow up on some of the things we're talking about here mm-hmm. because you already mentioned it um henry that for black folks what redemption what justification and salvation I, and i'm going to really you know, focus on salvation for a moment. What salvation looks like within our cultural context is really different. Mm -hmm. So I would love to talk about that for a little bit, but then I really want to seamlessly move into what does salvation really mean for us as Mm -hmm. side B folks? What does salvation mean for us as members of the queer community?
1: Yeah. Um, That's a great point to circle back to, because I remember reading something um, a couple months ago. It was, Actually, so I was watching something on TikTok, and then so I was like, you know, that's actually an interesting topic, so I kind of started researching it. But it was this black guy, and he was explaining to a white friend of his about how just worship music for black people and worship experience is different than for white people, because our hymns of faith that were largely written were during periods of slavery or just oppression. And so they were focused on what God has done for us and what we get from God despite what we're going through that we know we have a great Savior who is working on our behalf compared to like just regular like, for lack of a better term, CCM, white Christian worship music or whatever. It's just more like just about God's characteristics and this and this. So it's like all just, it doesn't like contain a lot of storytelling outside of God Mm. itself, but Mm -hmm. black experience with worship and the music tells the rich story of deliverance and salvation and there's a reverence to it. And I think because historically what uh, people of color throughout the world and even throughout the Bible have, yeah, throughout the Bible in and of itself have gone through, there's a much more like, just think about uh, the Israelites. Think about Egypt. Think about, yeah, uh, Moses. It's like what these people think about the desert. It's like, Mm-hmm. What the Lord has done, their response to that from a cultural place is very different for people of color and marginalized communities, should I say, and that includes queer yes. people as well. Yeah. To even ask to tag that into your second part of that. As queer people, what does this mean for us, people who mm. belong to a marginalized community in the church? So yeah, you want to start there?
2: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I, I was thinking the same thing when I was preparing for today. I was looking up, okay, where where do we see redemption throughout Scripture? And mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, time and time again, what people are referring to when they talk about God being our Redeemer, it's God saving them from physical harm. Mm-hmm. Like physical, you know, <clears throat> uh, wars. Um, yeah, the you know being captured into other kingdoms like there were there was physical oppression that was happening among the people and when they were saying god is our redeemer god is the one who saves Mm -hmm. when they talked about the salvation of the lord it was it was literally from their enemies their physical enemies so i think again like you were saying when we think about it from a poc perspective uh it is also the same like we have a history of physical enemies. Yes. You know, of physical hardships and and in, and slavery and um you know, issues of immigration and issues mm-hmm. of poverty that when we talk about salvation, though there is that philosophical, there is that kind of supernatural spiritual forgiveness that we're referring to or physical self or uh spiritual salvation we're referring to mm-hmm. we are absolutely <laughs> thinking about the fact that god is going to save us from our physical oppressors yes. or oppression as well
1: yes it's like like in the psalms like david says um where does my help come from my help comes from the lord we know that mm-hmm. like yeah when people of color and black people and like marginalized communities we're talking about god is going to save us from these Physical, dangerous, present harms—not just in the future, or not just work done in the past, but already actively. Mm-hmm. God is oh, up. Uh, he will prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Okay, that is salvation. <laughs> so. That means
2: that means something absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because it, again, it's not theoretical enemies. Yeah. Like I, that verse means so much to me over the past couple of years because, yes. <laughs> as many of you know. I had some pretty terrible past ministry experiences uh, and my one one of my previous uh, ministry employers had fired me after I very openly said I was racially discriminated there and one of the hardest things was one of my supervisors during you know the height of Black Lives Matter 2020 she wanted to go march after George Floyd's death. Mm -hmm. And I went out, I was with her and a couple of our other coworkers and we're all marching. And I felt so blessed to know that like, here are some of my white coworkers and they want to be out here marching and Mm -hmm. caring for the black community. However, it was only a few months later where I was experiencing some pretty racially discriminatory things coming from this same woman who was standing next (laughs) to (laughs) me. And I was like, what happened? Three months ago, you were marching with me, and now you are saying, you know, I need to understand the consequences of my actions when somebody tells me that my people are inferior, and that I need to make sure other people know how much I forgive them when they haven't really asked for forgiveness after harming me and my people. So, and then, you know, subsequently fired, right? Then imagine that. that. Imagine. So that was (laughs) terrible. And then about six months ago, maybe a little bit more, I was on the train and I was doing a devotional and it was about loving our enemy. And I was Mm -hmm. like, God, who are you calling me to love? Who is my enemy that you're calling me to love? And then I go, I'm on my way to this day long conference. And would you believe that woman is right there? I see her name tag when I go to sign in. Stop. I see her name. I get mine. I see her name tag right there. And I'm like, all right, guys. I guess that was this a is clear
1: it. answer. Something <laughs> <laughs> a clear answer to
2: <laughs> It was an answer I did not want. Okay, but I was just like, I'm, you know. But the thing was, I called my friend and I said, "Pray for me." And she said, "How are you feeling?" And I said, "You know what? I feel fine because." Mm-hmm. I've experienced the redemption of God. Like, Mm -hmm. I am justified. I am saved. I have received the redemption of Jesus. What do I have to hold against this woman? Mm -hmm. Now, look, was she wrong? Yes. Yes. Was the establishment wrong? Yes. Were they my enemy in many ways? Absolutely Mm -hmm. yes. However... I got to feast. Literally, I had a spiritual feast that day. (laughs) Knowing that my God had redeemed me and this woman was two seats behind me and I had this moment of prayer where Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, I pray that she would be able to feast today too. Mm. That we would be sitting at the same table That I would be seated with my enemy right here and that Mm. all I could do was keep my eyes on you because you have redeemed, you are my redemption. You are Mm. my salvation. So, you know, not to, to bring up a whole personal scenario, but to me, that that was was one of those, that was one of those moments where I was like, I, I felt the physical oppression of my enemy. Mm. Yet. I could hold on and speak of the redemption and goodness of God because of how he justified me.
1: Wow. And that is such a, that is what, whenever people talk about the posture of your heart, y'all, that is what they mean because the posture of Elizabeth's heart in that moment to be able to recognize and pray and even hope for this person and ask the Lord to go uh, to the Lord on this person's behalf and say, God, I want them at the table and to eat with me. Ooh, that's a response. I don't know if I'm inviting them to the table quite yet. I might want them to eat at another table. Okay, Elizabeth Black with a spiritual maturity, y'all. Okay,
2: but, but, but I think, you know, Henry, that speaks to what good would it have been if all I was concerned about was, oh, I need my works to be right. Yeah. I just need to act right. And act you know humble, even though my heart was searing mm-hmm. with you know being in the presence of this woman, and all I wanted was her demise okay. but but I could have done that I was close. Okay. I can't say I did in one moment or another while okay. I was there, but I think the 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 goal was or what God was calling me into was to focus on the redemption the gift of redemption that I had that day yes. You know like, what I'm saying?
1: I mean, and that's like a good point because like, I believe it is in Corinthians um, about if we ourselves have received this free gift, who are we to withhold it from others as well? So, mm. it's like, You know what? Of course, people's actions towards us have consequences on this side of eternity. But in, like, in terms of spiritual relationships and forgiveness, who am I to withhold this knowing that I've received the same salvation, justification from Christ? Yes, yes. Okay, come on, full circle moment. Okay, you had what Oprah would call a full circle moment. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay. But but now I, I do I want to make it gay cuz we got you know yes. we got to make it gay I want to make it gay and I mm-hmm. I think that there is so much to the idea of salvation and redemption
1: mm-hmm. that we
2: need to discuss as a queer community one because it's being used against us
1: Yeah. Do you, you know? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just like yeah to just even start from the very basis mm-hmm. of um being queer and like learning that you're queer finding out and then trying to talk to the church or believers about it and their responses and i always run into like whenever people tell me that they for years and years they pray to be straight or this or that i'm like i've never had the experience where i'm just like oh i want to be straight but i think because part of it's like i'm not saying that the people who do that don't understand the gospel i was like i don't understand any better or worse than they do i think it's how christianity has modeled the gospel yes. to queer people, to a, where salvation is either not for them or redemption is not for them based on the yes. fact that they are queer. And so I think that's whenever queer people come into the uh, this conversation and topic, or we look at it through that lens of queerness in our lived experiences, so many queer people feel that they are not worthy of salvation or justification mm-hmm. or redemption mm-hmm. because simply of the fact that they are queer. And I was like that's crazy, but that's what the church has modeled or has taught queer people. And we have internalized, a lot of us in our community have internalized that we are not worthy of salvation or redemption, or that we need to do more or we need to do different or we need to change in order to receive this, what Romans just told us is a free gift through no works of our own. Yes, come on. Yeah. And so that's like, whenever I look at the queer experience, I think like, man, for so many years, that's what... Uh, queer christians have internalized and have been taught or led to believe and i thank god that by the grace of god and just through i mean by his protection like you said earlier like the physical deliverance of things that like i had never internalized that being queer in and of itself would separate me from god or would deny me salvation or redemption like that had never been my personal Mm. experience of that but it grieves me when i think that it's been so many of our queer siblings it's been their experience
2: yes well and i it's been my experience Mm. you know in in a very quiet way yeah because i grew up in the church and you know seven years old was like jesus is my lord you know and i Mm -hmm. i just wanted to follow him and then 12, 13 came around, and I'm like, oops, wait, well, can can Jesus be my Lord if Mm. this attraction is also very present? And I think my conclusion over the years was, no, like, obviously not, because, Mm. you know, queer people go to hell, and there's no way that they can be saved. They're not in the Mm. church. They are outside of the church. So what... First of all, I have to pick between God and my sexuality, and I'm always picking God. You know, mm-hmm. this is the this was my logic yeah. as a 12 year old. This was a lot. Talk about heavy burdens, Bridget. Yeah. I mean. like uh, this okay. was a heavy burden for a child
1: <laughs> to okay. have to think through Absolutely. all by her little
2: self over That's here. That's
1: wild. Because as you explain that, I almost want you to just slow down a little bit and unpack that for the listener who might not be familiar, because like, as you know, we have listeners who will come from all backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And we have straight people listening. So even for me, as you're saying that, as someone who is, wow. this is my lived experience. But to go back, if you would, if you don't mind, and unpack back no, slowly, that slowly, that at 12, 13 years old, you're realizing, or you're thinking through, oh, well, of course queer people are going to be separated from the Lord. So like this like, I have to do something different. I have to carry this burden. I have to change. Like, what did that feel like? And, like, where did that internalized message come from?
2: Yeah. I mean, the message came from the church. Mm-hmm. It, it came, you know, it came from my family, even in ways where my family didn't say it. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. there were moments where members of my family said things that were mm-hmm. pretty horrific about yeah. where queer people should go. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know those. it it was just it was just the that those people are a part of what makes our world a terrible place to be mm-hmm. and they will be judged in the final days and that mm-hmm. was about it like there was no arc of redemption. There was no, mm. I had never heard the idea of, you know, people, gay people were, you know, quote unquote homosexuals experience salvation. It wasn't an option. I, I didn't <gasps> hear it. I don't know yeah. about you, but I didn't hear it. So I was like, okay. that's hot either. Yeah. No. So, you know, everybody else is, but not that. Yeah. Um. So I was just like, all right, well then I got to, I'm, I got to pick God. And that just means that this cannot be a part of who I am, my story, nothing. So God. I just pretended like it didn't exist forever. Until you, Henry, until I heard you at Revoice where I was like, why Aww. is this brother's story so familiar to me? <laughs> I do not know why. And then, you know, God <laughs> opened that experience up. So I love you, that. You, you're you, a kindred spirit in many ways. But all that to say, when you were speaking – this is what I heard. I heard what I learned about salvation is that when God comes to, ch- to save, he changes our story. When mm-hmm. Jesus comes to save, he changes our story. I actually don't think that that's true. I think what salvation and redemption does mm-hmm. is it doesn't change our story. It continues our story. Yes. It takes our story on a different trajectory than uh-huh. it was ever intended to go before. Mm-hmm. But my story didn't change. My past didn't change. Mm-hmm. My context didn't change. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I don't think that God wanted it to change. Because mm-hmm. if he wanted it to change, he could have done something totally done different. Yep,
1: absolutely. Right?
2: Like if, if what, what, the work of Christ was supposed to do was what God did in the days of Noah, then we would have had a wipe out of humanity, mm-hmm. like the flood, start all over again. But that's not yeah. what Jesus brought and did.
1: Yeah. Which is you why I always yeah. have the emphasis on the fact that like God wants to use all parts of you and all of exactly. you as you are. And he will, I'm so glad you said that so beautifully, like the trajectory of the rest of your story changes, but Girl, that was a word. Okay. <laughs> right? But, it,
2: but it's true. And mm. and that's that's the work of redemption. So when I think about, like, what does it mean that I am redeemed now, that I am justified now? Redemption has brought me freedom. Did it change my story? No, but it has made me free from mm. the enslavement of what my story might have brought. Redemption mm. has brought me rest. And don't I know it as a marginalized person Three times over.
1: We need <laughs> yeah. rest. Yes. We
2: need rest. Redemption. My, weary. Baby, rest.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right? And I love that um, you were talking about redemption. Um, cause, uh, just thinking of Psalm 18, Jehovah mm. is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, and who might take refuge, rest, mm. my shield, and the honor of my salvation, my high tower. And then Psalm 34, God is our refuge and our redeemer. So, so much of redemption. I'm so glad you said that. Re- um, goes back to the concept of even rest. We can rest in redemption.
2: Yes, yes. We can rest from our our work. We can rest from our striving, our striving yes. to to be what we think we need to be in order to be mm-hmm. deemed redeemed, you know, in order yeah. to be deemed uh, justified. And Jesus says, no, I
0: yeah.
2: want you to rest because my burden is easy and my yoke, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is burden light.
1: Burden is light. And do you think, um, as queer people, just given through what we've talked about, even a little bit of your story, Mm -hmm. and then just as a larger queer Christian story, because um, I think I was reading on Kaleidoscopes, uh, one of the posts, that like 86% of uh, gay people come from a religious or Christian Mm -hmm. background, and then it's like, then we wonder, and then if this has been the messages that we were being right? taught to internalize, <laughs> you wonder why we got here? Yeah, I mean, that statistic alone is like so mind-blowing like because so many queer people do want to hang on to their faith, do yeah. want, and do want to have a right relationship with Christ. But when you internalize messages like that, it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, no wonder we're here. But so um, as queer people, in light of that, do you think we find it more difficult to accept these two doctrines or concepts?
2: Yes, yes, because Henry, you tell me, when was the last time t- somebody told you you could rest? When was the, as a queer person, when mm. was the last time somebody said, you can rest, knowing that you have experienced the redemption of God?
1: Girl, I think I'm, I'm the one that's told myself to rest. Okay, <laughs> but other than, other than that, that's a really, yeah, that's a good point. Because and we haven't
2: been told that. No. I, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go, but I just gotta say this. Like <laughs> no. we yeah. we've been told that we have to work. We have to work every day to make sure we don't look too gay, that we yep. don't act too trans, that we don't wear the wrong clothes, yep. that we don't say the wrong things, that you don't fall in love with, you know, your your friend, that you don't da 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 and Nobody has told you to rest.
1: Mind you. And then when you just said that, it like it ties into like you said, all right, just three strikes against us. It's just like mm-hmm. Elizabeth, don't be too black, don't be mm-hmm. too Latino, don't mm-hmm. be too this, don't worship this way. It's like just managing these expectations. She's like, damn, can I rest? Like this <laughs> <"Okay." laughs>
2: Yes, but can yeah. I let Jesus do the work? Please? Okay.
1: Feel like it reminds me of this like one uh, moment when Kim K, um, I don't know what this meme always like sends me. But like her sisters are talking to her about something, and then she says, Damn, can I live? Like can <laughs> I just live? <laughs> it's like And that that's what
2: we were supposed to do. We were given life and life abundance. abundantly. Yes.
1: Yes. But I mean that's such a good point that with queer people. We don't have, we're not often taught the concept of rest, or we even feel like we have the ability to rest because there's so much work to be done to manage ourselves. And then, then as we now step in these places as ministry leaders, we are aware that there's so much work to do mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our community. So, like, rest almost doesn't even seem like an option.
2: Yes. Well, and I think also justification and redemption should bring us hope. Mm. And I think we were also have rarely been fed the narrative that we have received hope in Christ. Mm. I think the hope that we were we were told that we we could achieve is straightness. Yeah, it, it's it's gender congruency. That was the
1: hope. And it, girl, what a short hope! hope. And, yeah, I was what? like, what a, what a. <laughs> there's more to life than that okay (laughs) okay lord if my hope is being straight i'm looking at how they're living i don't think that's my hope
2: i know i i was i was quote unquote straight for the majority of my life and i can tell you that that was some shallow hope like but what what hope can we you know latch on to Mm-hmm. as we as we embrace the justification and the redemption that we've received, i'm I'm asking you, Henry, what is yeah. the hope that you have?
1: I think um Christ is the hope of our redemption, so and I feel like it allows me to declare that boldly because mm. like whenever I experience like as you know, in these ministry spaces, even like some of the story you said about, like girl, imagine somebody walking with you to protest against oppression. End up oppressing you and then you bring yes. it up, and then they end up firing you. Like yes. <laughs> you are so crazy. But like had you <laughs> hope, like had your hope not been in Christ, you would have had a very different response and it would have been a justified response to have, mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but through moments like that, and I think it even goes back to what we were saying as uh people of color, believers of color, our hope has to come from something else because it does not come from this world. The things of this world are not hopeful. Our experiences in and of themselves do not give us a lot of hope about Mm -hmm, the future. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. my hope and my strength comes from the one who was gone before us. And so that even through these moments, we know that, you know what? Mm Mm-mm. My hope is not coming from y'all because if it and it's not come from this world, because if it was like all jokes aside, it really is so bleak. I would be without hope. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. thank God for the finished work of the cross. That like Amen. I know where I can look and I know where my salvation, where my hope, where my refuge is. Because it's yes. not—it's not in these church spaces that don't that uh, if we don't—they don't, don't want to give us any room. That <clears throat> or we are taking too much room. You're being too much. You're being this. It's like, my hope doesn't come from these limited spaces. My hope doesn't come from gatherings where we have once a year, um, yeah. which as wonderful as they may be, if that was yes. our hope, that in itself would not be enough. Which is why I always stress so much that like our hope has to be built on Christ, the solid rock, because all these other Amen. things we're looking for, our hopes, they're sinking sands at the end of mm. the day. Um, mm, mm, and yeah, mm-hmm. so for me, as I look That's around, good. oh, she's giving the black, mm's. okay, I know I hit a point, okay? <laughs> That's the black mm of approval, Yeah, I got the feels, I got the feels. <laughs> but like, and I look at, and you and I have had this conversation before whenever like we see people move out of side B spaces into side X, side Y, or whatever, and there's disappointment, or side A, and there's disappointment in any of these, uh, or that response can be disappointment, which I understand is a natural human response. But I'm just like, where was your hope in side B? Was it in Yes. A, so that person staying side B? If so, Come that's on. not like I always say I said, God forbid, if Wesley Hill, our father of side B, our <laughs> uncle, if Wesley Hill <laughs> our were saint, to walk our saint. Yes, our Patron Saint of side B, yes. <laughs> if Wesley Hill were to walk away from side B entirely, and yes, there'd be disappointment and everything mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's a natural mm-hmm. response. Um, but I, girl, I remember a couple years ago when certain people upside beat. People were running to their fainting couches, writing dissertations. Wow. I was like, was your hope in these two people staying side Yes, beat, come like, on. Like, was that the anchor to your faith and salvation? No. That... Anchor to your faith and salvation Needs to rest on the bedrock of Christ And if it doesn't Then like Hallelujah. go back and re-understand Your mm. salvation and your redemption And the hope that you have because of that
2: That is a word Henry, a <laughs> challenge To yes. us today And I love the, in the background I'm watching Josh pack his like 85 Bibles at the same yes. time So j- you know that boy knows where his hope is <laughs> Okay
1: And I can tell Josh is itching <laughs> Josh is itching to be in this conversation I, I see him sitting there I'm like come on in Josh just unmute yourself come on in.
2: join the worship session uh-huh. exactly the
1: worship. oh he's pulling up that chair
2: okay. I love it I love it yes no okay yes. Henry I got it while Josh is getting set up I yes also love say, this when I think about our hope as queer folks our, I loved what you said. Our hope cannot be in other people. Our hope cannot be in it, even in the community that we're building. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of it and it yeah, needs oh. to be a strong picture of it. Yep. But our, like, my hope is also in that God will use my story. My story isn't my crutch. My story isn't my failure anymore because it's redeemed. My story is justified, right? So now God is using my story. He is delighting in my story. And that's why I go out this Pride Month and all year long. Because God is using it. That's the hope. So instead of, could you just not tell people about Mm -hmm. that? Mm, That thing? Like, no, 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 no. I got to preach it. I got to shout it from the rooftops, right? Because my story is a story of redemption.
1: It just made me start singing that hymn. This is my story. This is my song. Blessed is Savior yes. All the
2: day long. Yes.
1: Come on now. Oh, this we're going to This is my church.
2: story. This mm-hmm. is
1: my song. Okay, not us on a Saturday morning turning <laughs> up with scripture.
0: Okay. Y'all, I'm loving this.
1: Oh, Josh, Josh, welcome.
0: Hi. You know I can't stay away from a theology conversation for too long. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And a worship set. And a worship and set. A work set. And a worship set.
0: Gosh, I have just been sitting as mm-hmm. I've been um, listening to y'all talk and packing up my life, um, sitting in what you said, Elizabeth, about our lives are an act of worship, like that aspect of like when we truly understand that salvation is through Christ alone, that our lives become worship. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, that was beautiful. And the story of you with the woman at that event, the table of my enemy, you know, uh, there's so much. Y'all, I, I don't even know what I'm here to contribute, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm here to cheer on everything y'all are saying. Yeah. Josh, I
1: want to ask, um, as someone like you, when you had your season mm-hmm. away, like I have had my seasons away from the Lord and then you come back. And so what did... Internalizing or unpacking what salvation and redemption, justification and hope, and all this topic—what did that look like for you? Unpacking it and reordering it in a way that made sense for you to actively come back and live out your faith. Ooh, okay,
0: man, this Henry taking question. over as the question maker. <laughs> I'm—I usually sit behind the questions and ask. Uh, them I what, love asking questions. I know they're—they're they're so fun. <laughs> um, I think a big thing for me. Was the fact that when I became a Christian, um, when I was getting out of sex work and I knew, you know, like a lot of like rehab kind of rehab and recovery systems there, they focus on higher power. And I had grown mm-hmm. up in faith. And so I was like, Christ is what it will be. Um, but I think a big thing that helped me is I remember going to God and going, God, I don't, I need you to love me how I am right now. I'm not going to figure this out. And that's kind of where I moved more into affirming theology when I first became a Christian. I think that that was so healing for me because I just was like, I'm not going to figure it out. I refuse to because at the moment, I need you to love me in the here and now. Mm -hmm. The former sex worker who is like then getting engaged to a non-Christian man and like all of these things. And I was like, God, I just need to somehow internalize that you love me (laughs) through all of that. And I think that for me, that was so healing to, especially because I still went through an ex-gay program right after that, that really tried to teach more work-based stuff. But I think because I had been able to have that period not that I've been uh, immune to workspace theology. I mean, I think we all internalize it to some extent. But um, I think for me, it's been really helpful that even as I've gone into celibacy and moved into all of this stuff and had more chaotic moments since then, <laughs> as we've all heard about on this podcast, um, mm-hmm. that it's helped me to remember and allow those moments to be a point of going Oh, yeah, this isn't based on me. None of this yeah. is based on me. Um, mm. I am invited into salvation. Mm, I love that. Uh, like, this is God's invitation to me. And um, so I think that even when I've had moments where I haven't lived, like, as I've talked about, when I had the affair with the guy and all of those moments, and all of the pain and the shame, they were moments that God was able to invite, hey, this is a moment yes. for you to remember. None of this is about you. Mm. None of this is about you.
1: Wow. And that even answers the question Elizabeth and I posed at the beginning, I think when we were talking before we started recording, but what does it mean for these things to be redeemed in our own lives, given the fact that this mm-hmm. season yeah. is about uh, redemption? So Josh, I think what you just said was a beautiful way of explaining what it means for salvation and justification to be redeemed in your own life from how you were taught or how you went through it. Yeah. And Elizabeth, <clears throat> what does that mean for you in your own life, do you think? um and the lives of queer people like how do you think redemption i know it's i was i'm thinking about it i was like i don't even have my own answer yet <laughs> but, yeah. um yeah what do you so, that means, or what is or, or what does that look like in your own life
2: yeah i i mean honestly i don't want to be too repetitive i think it really does mean what what does it mean that my story is redeemed mm. because as you, you brought out of me, Henry, my story was something I was running away from for yeah. decades, literally. Yeah. you know, My story was something I was running away from so that I thought I could run to God better. If I yeah. ditch my story or this part of my story and just run to God, then I'm going to receive that justification I was always looking for. And God mm. said, no, I want you to go back and get that story. Cause that's go back that's and get that I'm story yeah right like <clears throat> that's what I'm trying to work on in your life that's the story that is a part of this story that I want you to show other people I redeem mm. yeah. and I didn't need to even pick it up Henry like I'm I'm married to a man like yeah. <laughs> I am I am pretty like you know. Yeah, I I present pretty, you know, pretty feminine, pretty straight. Like I would have been fine. I was in my thirties. I was coasting. Mm-hmm. But God said, "No, we're not going to leave that in the darkness." Because when God redeems, He brings everything into the light. And that used to be that needed to be redeemed in my life because yeah. I thought that that meant God was coming to shame the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. That He was going to bring everything into the light. That when I die, there was going to be a big screen TV where God was going to show all of my sins in front of everybody. I don't know where I got that from, but that was literally something I believed. Mm. And that was how God was going to bring things into the light. But then God said, "Nope, I'm going to bring it into the light so you can see how I'm going to redeem the heck out of that thing.
1: Oh, and my gosh.
2: I'm a new, I'm a, that's the newness. I'm a new person because of the way he's redeeming mm. my story.
1: And so I love when you said that, when go back and pick up the story and he's redeeming it. And you said, oh, because it just made me think of the verse, I will restore to you the years the locusts have stolen. So even those years that yes. you were running from your story or not using it, the Lord through now the ministry. Oh, I just got chills because that's the redemption part of your story that you're using. Is like you are helping other people see those years is not wasted because or see their lives not wasted because the years that you thought were wasted look how god is using them now in your ministry oh that is just oh my god elizabeth your story just you just brought that full circle for yourself i love that it's like because the lord promises to nothing is wasted that we go through the lord will grab every single part of your story and look at how he's
0: using it come Mm. on now yes Mm, i'm so proud
1: of you okay
0: Yeah, well, and I think that that's so big because when we look at the redeeming of our stories, and I love that, Elizabeth, you have focused in on how it's the redeeming of our whole stories, not just now Mm -hmm. i become a Christian and the rest of my story is redeemed. God is redeeming our stories from the beginning. And I think that there is the understanding that just because God redeemed something doesn't mean that there wasn't still pain, doesn't mean that there wasn't still hurt, doesn't mean that it wasn't still bad, but that God, like Jesus dying on a cross is not a good thing. Like, it is torture. It is horrible. Terrible. It is horrendous Absolutely. at the very hands of the people that he was coming to save. Yes. But, like, in the midst of that, God did, did uns- like, in the midst of unspeakable evil, God did unthinkable good, kind of thing. Amen.
2: And, Amen. like, if
0: God can do that with Jesus' death on a cross, his, like, execution, how much more can he do that in our lives?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Love that. And as I think through the question, how much more can he do in our lives? Yes, it even reminds me of Matthew. Like, how much more does he love you? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think through what does redemption and or in light of redemption, and justification and salvation, what does that mean for my life? And Mm -hmm. how do I um, absorb that in my own life? It gives me, for me, it gives me freedom And I've been thinking through this, just even aside me people, I sometimes say we can live so much in theories and uh, trying to write think pieces or have conversations when I think sometimes the finished work on the cross means we can simply just live our lives. And about three years ago, I Mm -hmm. got to a place where I was like, living in these spaces all the time mentally isn't the best for me. And living Mm -hmm. in these like, okay, these, because one, all these people are writing, pieces and statements about our lives every single month, every single summer. It feels like a new church nomination as a new think piece about how we should live our lives. And I was like, I think God's work means I can just live my life. Like I'm not afraid to take, like if I have painted nails in church, I know what the finished work of the cross is for me. I don't have to worry Mm -hmm. so much about what does this pastor think about my painted nails? I don't have to Mm -hmm. worry about, okay. I mean, I remember like even lately I've been wearing crop tops and for sure, Yes, modesty. You better wear
2: those pants <laughs> <Yes>. with those <laughs> yes. new abs, baby. Yes.
1: <laughs> but like, yes, there's modesty and decency in the right time and place. But I think like old me, like even four years ago, I'd have been so terrified to upload a picture of me in a crop top mm-hmm. on Instagram because I be like, oh, what is that going to say about Henry's faith is he actually a saved person because saved people don't act like this or don't do that and there's certain things for sure that are saved people you know we stay away from like because we're modest oh. church girls but there's freedom <laughs> but like i think salvation means that we have freedom to live our lives in ways that honor christ as we see fit through how we apply god's law and rule into our lives not how we apply man-made legalistic systems of what salvation should mean for elizabeth or josh or henry and so i've just Mm -hmm. felt a freedom in light of like an appreciation of salvation i felt a freedom to exist as a queer person in ways that i didn't feel before yeah
2: yes that is so so good i
0: had i love that I, i that reminds me of something i might have brought something like this up um in the last episode but i totally forget um so i'm gonna say it again Um, I feel like we were all taught that understanding of, um, you have to figure out, like, you need to sit with God and get it all figured out before you you take communion. communion. And I loved the fact that it was like my pastor knew what was happening and Mm. he was talking. Um, he was talking, uh, at the thing that of, of the church I was going to. And he said, um, about how um, we are invited, even in our darkness, yes. to the communion table, and um, it's something that my current pastor says because my my well, a pastor who was at my current church that just left about how if Judas was um, invited to the Last Supper, then you are invited to the communion table.
2: I just read that. This Woo! Yes. Love that. Right
0: and i think That's that good. those understandings allowed me to go and i think ever since then it's changed the way i see the communion table of when i am in a situation mm. where i'm like i actually know that what i'm like what there's something in my life that needs to be worked on even as an act of worship like if i truly love jesus i need to be inviting but the first act of 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 touching that part of my life is inviting god's mm. presence into the dirt of it so actually yes. Allowing myself to feel the messiness of going to the communion table Mm. and taking communion, knowing if Judas was invited to the Last Supper with everything that happened and all of that, then I can go to the communion table. Yes, yes. Wow, I love that because that's such a radically different teaching and understanding communion, how we have historically been taught that. Yeah. And if anyone wants my argument on why the passage of Paul's about, like, you know, think through, uh, like before you go to the communion table, um, I can write me <laughs> and I'll give it. I won't, I won't deal with that here, but I feel like that had to deal more with, um, no, actually good. social inequality within the church at the time more yes. than, um, more than individual sin. But the, the last other thing I'll say here is my, my church, we're going through a series called The Table and we're looking at, times when people are invited into hospitality and the table throughout scripture mm. and this coming week I'm writing the centering prayer for we're looking at the Passover table in Exodus during the last Ooh. plague and how they are invited into the table of freedom and Ooh. I think that one of the big things that's hit me as I've been working on the centering prayer is you have they're waiting for the last plague of mm-hmm. the last the firstborn um, they are invited to sit at a table prepared to leave like, get your yes. cloak, get your staff, sandals on your
2: feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are
0: going to be set free, and you need to sit in that. And I think one thing about, since we're focusing on the table, that really emphasized with me was that it's communal freedom. Yes.
2: Mm. Yes. Hmm. Yes.
0: That it's not I'm free, you're free, Henry's free. It is we are free, and we are Absolutely. free together. And I think that this is something we can sit as queer people as people of color, all of these kinds of, when we are in a marginalized group, we can understand that it is not just simply me being free, but we are being free. Yes.
2: Yes. And I hope that people outside of the margins embrace that more Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Because they need to, they need to see that we're at the table, whether they want us at it or not. I am sitting there. I got my bib on. I got full spread. Okay. (laughs) Right? Like I'm ready to eat over here. And eat well. Okay. Yes. (laughs) But I'm also glad that you brought up, Josh, the kind of the there there's a sense of fear and kind of trepidation also around the experience of redemption. Like when when God was calling the children of Israel out, he was saying, like, I promise I'm redeeming you. Mm-hmm. But there had to be a sacrifice. And also they needed to be ready to go. Like so we re- the acceptance of redemption, the acceptance of our justification is freedom. It is victory. It is hope. However, it's okay for us to say it's hard to accept sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not that easy. And I think about the disciples after Jesus's like, embodied redemption, literally being resurrected from the dead. And most of them were like, we don't believe it. We can't even believe. Like, they straight up saw the resurrected body of Christ and they were still doubting Mm
0: -hmm.
2: whether this could truly be him and whether this work was actually done. And to me, that's hopeful too, because it's like, okay, sometimes this is going to be hard. Like, sometimes I'm not going to be able to really believe that Jesus' work was redemption for me today. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's okay too.
1: That's mm. good. Like if people who themselves had to put their hands through the holes in his hand, and then still like, is this really you? Like, it's okay. Yeah. That's a good reminder for us that it's okay. Like, hey, they had their moments and they witnessed mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Like, mm, yet,
2: good. yet Jesus said, even, you know, I can't remember what gospel it was, but even when like it literally says, and they doubted and they couldn't, they couldn't fathom or believe. And then it right after that says, and Jesus called them to make disciples of all men. Yeah. He told them to go out and do this great work and that they would experience victory. So it wasn't okay. And then Jesus sat down with them and made sure they all had faith that they, you know, they could stand firm on and never falter and never weary. No, he said, Yeah, you might not really fully believe and understand right now, but I still want you to go out and do the good work. I still Mm. want you to go out and live this life.
0: Yeah.
1: Ah. that is a word because I think when we as queer people sometimes just can through things we've been taught or internalized we can get to these places where you're like okay I've accepted this for me but am I qualified to go out and go do this and go teach like yes you are and Mm -hmm. the I mean that is we are part of the great commission as well Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Yes. yeah or what if
1: I you're muted. I need to hear this question. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh yeah. what what if I what if I don't believe that I can live this life the way God has called me to?
0: Mm.
2: Have I really experienced redemption? Yes, child, you did.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> you
2: know, what if I just messed up and I I, I realize how weak I am. Keep going, baby. Keep you going. like because you didn't earn it to begin with.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This, this is actually where I think about when I, when I think about what the purpose of the book of Revelation was actually meant to be, not what we like to make it in our Western church. Mm. Um, I, I just think about you have this early church that's cre- experiencing so much division, so much persecution, and is asking the question of like, are we actually experiencing the salvation of Jesus and the author mm. of Revelation is giving them this cosmic spiritual picture
2: Yes. that
0: all of these things are happening and you are being redeemed. You are redeemed in this moment. And um, I, I feel like that's what John is trying to show the, the early church in Revelation, that in the midst of these... Um, situations of internal division in the midst of these situations of constant persecution you're all dying and you might wonder how what's even the purpose of this like is this actually real um Mm -hmm. that there's so much that's happening that you don't even see that you don't even realize um that's going on behind the scenes of how god is working in
2: the world. Amen. Yeah, yeah. That was John the Baptist too, when, you know, he was up for execution and he sent his disciples to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they were like, John wants to know, is it, are you really the real deal? Like, are you the Messiah? Because I'm getting ready to get my head chopped off of okay. you. Like, I need to know. And if John the Baptist, who was, you know, ordained or not ordained, he was chosen, selected from before he was even born, was born. And his whole life was the ministry of getting people to repent. Like if he could doubt, we yeah. we can doubt. Yet, yeah, how gracious is is Christ to say, Yes, it's me. I got this. We got I this. We're doing okay. it.
0: Right? I've been trying to reframe in my understanding that doubt is a desire to believe.
2: Whereas mm. it's I
0: think we many times think of faith and doubt as the opposites. I would say yes. the opposite mm-hmm. of faith is rejection. Like, I yeah. reject something. Doubt is, I want to believe. Uh-huh. And it's just such a yearning for it. Mm-hmm. So that actually they're much more connected than we many times give them credit
2: yes. to be. Yes.
1: When you said that, uh, <clears throat> my my new scripture, help my unbelief. It's like, I want to yes. believe, You want to doubt. So, yeah. Mm-hmm,
2: help my unbelief. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love that. Woo. Woo. I know. We this covered it.
2: Was good. <laughs> I know. We this went here, there, and everywhere. I think. They can make a, a a Bible study out of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, I mean, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and someone wants to make a study guide, here it is. No, this was beautiful. And this is my, uh, Blessed Assurance is now in my head. And I just yes. have to read. I got to read the last line. Do it. Perfect submission. This Okay, before I do, wait a minute. So yeah. this is what redemption looks like in our life. This is what it means to experience the justification. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I, in my Savior, am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love.
1: Love that. What a
2: note to end on. Wow. Hallelujah.
0: Wow. Wow. I I love that. This four-part series we've been going through has been gold. And every single time we go, how is this episode going to go? And it just is killed. Y'all killed Come on, Holy Spirit. I know. I
2: know. All you gotta do...
0: We constantly, everyone go, oh, Creation, that one was my favorite episode of this. Oh, Sin, it's almost one of my favorite. Y'all, I can't, I already know people are going to come back and say, I love the Salvation episode, the Redemption episode. Um, And it's one of my favorites. Y'all were killing it. I was having, I was in church while (laughs) (laughs) passing. Okay.
1: That's Uh right. But we did to Joshua, like, you know, if you go to a black church, they'll just call you up. You sitting there mind your own business. They're so like, oh, come on, brother Josh. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Let's
2: get a word today. Do you yes. have a testimony for oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: They put you on the spot. I used to hate that so much in African church because then that extends the whole
0: service so long. Like... Four hours later. Yes. Latin America as well. You never knew. Oh, for sure. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh,
0: my goodness. Well, I don't
2: know how long this episode has been, but I feel like it's been long. So I bet they feel the same thing. But they came to church today. You know, have your Mm -hmm. communion afterwards. We're going to be passing around the offering plate. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it.
2: Patreon. Thank (laughs) you. Yes.
0: Yeah. I'll wrap it up for us, but thank you yes, all for awesome. uh, for this. Thank you, Elizabeth, Henry, for taking us to church today. Mm. Thank you for everyone who's listening. We love hearing what you guys are getting out of these episodes. Been loving everyone who's been writing. So please let us know. Let us know what, what you thought and continue the conversation. So uh, we hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Yes, bye. bye.